get going uh, with Randy. Uh, Randy, you've been a part of men's ministry and Reload for, you know, five years? <laughs> it's been a little bit longer than that. Randy, uh, how long have you been a part of uh, men's ministry Reload? Well, way back, uh, it's, it's changed names, but the purpose is still the same, to help men grow in their relationship with God. It was Mighty Men of Destiny, then it was Iron Sharpens Iron, and then it's Reload. Well, regardless of the name, it's about men connecting with God and becoming the, the person that God intended you to be. And it's a process, right? Everybody's in a process. So way back, and then Pastor John came, and, and Tuesday mornings came, the breakfast came along with that, and that's way back in, the, I think, the early 90s, so... Come on. So uh, I've asked Randy to come up and just kind of share a little bit on his ex- uh, his experience, what prayer looks like in his life, maybe some of his history with prayer. Uh, I remember Ricky last week talked, Ricky, you're way back there. I'm like, hey, just so you know, I sat down at about the wrong table about three times today. I'm like, wait, where am I? You know, uh, but um, Ricky last week, he, he talked about briefly when, when uh, him and Brandon were up, man, that was a by the way, if you weren't here last week, you need to get online and listen to that message, right? Brandon killed it. Woo! Um, but, uh, yeah, give it up for Brent. Come on! <laughs> um, talked about how our journey with prayer a lot of time changes from when we first start to where we might be today, and how many of you guys know that God wants to keep walking through and us growing in our prayer life? So I'm just going to hand it over. Randy, what's been your history, or what's prayer been like in your life? Well, like many of us, regardless of the, the labels or the flavors of denominations, I grew up in a conservative Christian denomination where God was, be, was to be respected and revered. Um, I was a sinful person. I'm a sinner saved by grace, and that's where I, that's where I got stuck. Uh, there was, you know, the typical sin, salvation, and service, guilt, grace, gratitude. Well, I was stuck in the sin and guilt, <laughs> and God wanted to move me into that place of relationship. So for me, um, that's how I grew up. I, I prayed about the big things and over meals and the big things, and that was, uh, that was about it. And I was struggling. There was still that, as Hebrews talks about, that veil of separation between God and me, and it was religion. And I had to earn my way to God. And we talk about works and, and faith, and James deals with that. What's the balance? A quarter is a quarter. There's, well, there's, is it heads or is it tails? Yes. Those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. So for me, it's become uh, more of a balance. Uh, I, I do pray much more than I used to. Um, but before, it was usually out of penitence, out of I'm sorry, out of guilt and sin. But um, Peter was like that, if I can say this. And I'm not on the same level as Peter. There's a disclaimer. I'm not saying I'm like Peter. Um, but where I'm going with this is when Jesus met Peter, and uh, Jesus said, hey, uh, the first time, throw your net on the other side of the boat. And they caught all these fish. And then Peter came up to Jesus on the beach and dropped to his knees and said, here I am. I'm anointed and appointed. I'll serve with you, Jesus. No. He said, what? Away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. So out of that sinful man scenario, God brought me into a place of instead of religious God, it was relational father. And as Peter grew in his relationship with with God through Jesus, he also struggled. He also blew it, right? He stepped out of the boat. None of the other disciples stepped out of the boat. But when he saw the wind and the waves, he began to sink. So what what is all that? It's called life. 
What is it when and guys get paid a lot of money in baseball for what, having, what, one out of three pitches hit? If you have a 300 batting average, you're doing pretty swell, right? <laughs> you're missing two out of the three. Well, no, I'm hitting one out of the three. Well, getting paid millions of dollars. So having said all that, I can keep score pretty quick in my life. And the world, the flesh, and the devil loves to keep score. But the Holy Spirit yeah. uh, and Father God tells me to keep getting up. A righteous man falls how many times? Seven. How many times does he rise up? Each time. Come on. So um, what, how did you get, I was going to say, what was prayer like in your early days? That, uh, you mentioned kind of stuck in that sin and that guilt, that moment. What do you think was like the tipping point for you where it's like oh, something, something changed to where it became more of a relational aspect in your prayer? So is there a moment where you were, where you were living life and something happened or what was that like? Yeah. Well, I got to say this. I'm a product of mentoring. Um, Pastor John Bontrager, who is no longer here, he's retired, but was here for a number of years. He actually um, had a wonderful, uh, I, don't, I shouldn't say that, his dad was, was a great pastor, but a terrible father. He abused the kids, and uh, John had to deal with all that abuse, and finally came to the place where something rose up within him when he was 12 years old, his sister was being mistreated, and he came to the top of the stairs, and he said, Dad, if you ever touch any one of us kids again, I will kill you. And his dad looked at him, and he believed him. And from that point on, there was no more abuse. So his father was an excellent pastor, pastor of pastors, but yet he struggled to get it right at home. So John's journey, Pastor John's journey, was that reconciliation with forgiveness of his father and connecting with God in a way that he never had before relationally. So as a, as a spiritual father, he encouraged me to connect with God very much as a heavenly father who cared for me, who knew me, and wanted to help me through life and, and be in relationship with me. So that, that changed from the religious God to a heavenly father that wanted to walk with me and, and talk with me and encourage me and have new daily life. It wasn't just like the headlines of the newspaper. God's into the fine print. God's into the fine print. So for me, having to understand, see, how, how you relate to God is how you perceive God. So God can either be an angry deity waiting for you to mess up, or he can be a loving relational father that says, come on, son, let's do it, let's do it a little bit differently this time. And, and God's not soft on sin, but he is very much graceful, merciful, and forgiving but he does have standards, and uh, just like in basketball, what happens when you commit a foul? <laughs> God. So, so I think the thing about David too in Psalm fifty-one, he he uh, there's that big you know thing about David and Bathsheba. It took a long time for him for Nathan to finally had to show up at his doorstep and said, "Hey, uh, <clears throat> King David, sir, I would like to share something with you if it, if it's okay with you." And he confronted David. So David for a long time did not repent, and he had dealt with that. And there's other psalms that say, hey, why, why I was unrepentant, I was wasting away. I was drying up. So God says, if you, if you sin, if you sin, he is, faith, he is faithful and just if we confess our sin to forgive us from all or most, all unrighteousness. So again, it's that, it's that relational thing that, again, in Hebrews, I just reread it the other day. There's lots of examples how God took down that barrier. There's no more barrier, guys except the self-resurrected barriers that we have in our minds of guilt yeah. Yeah. and sin. So. Yeah. so 
I've got a just a question for you. Uh, by a raise of hand, who in here has ever had to deal or walk through having a religious mindset? And hold a minute, a religious mindset with prayer, meaning I've got to earn an answer to my prayer. How many of us have ever walked? Maybe said, yeah. Like look around. This is something. The question. The question is, why is this so prevalent? And uh, I think of. I think of if I'm dealing. Let's say. Let's say. Okay. I'm gonna. I'll. Uh, I'll be honest here. I've been. I think a lot, several of you guys or a lot of you guys know. I've been walking through some issues with my hip. I could go to the doctor. They could take an X-ray. They could tell me exactly what's wrong, and then they could be like, "Okay, I'm not declaring this over my life, so I cancel even before I say this. This is an illustration." But they could be like, "You need a new hip," and then I could go sit on a doctor's table. I, I know now. Okay, I've got an appointment set it for April. I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna walk out of that moment. I'm gonna have a couple weeks of recovery, and then I'm gonna be good. And there's like, it's easy to feel the the effects of going to a doctor. Because they can give me medication, they can do all these things, and that's, that's great. I'm not saying there's anything against that. But if I step into the, the aspect of I'm going to believe God for that, it's a little bit less tangible. If I can use, maybe if I can use that, like, I'm going to walk out and believe for complete healing and God to begin to direct me. And both of those are good. I think, you know, I'm not, I, I am not saying don't go to the doctor, but I'm trying to use it as an illustration of, in our prayer life, sometimes it's harder to tangibly see the results immediately. And I think that plays into it. So we could get into this like, well, I must not be worthy of an answer to that prayer. So therefore, I need to work harder to earn the answer. So, and Randy, um, is are there any moments in your life where you've come to the point where you've experienced something that built into that religious mindset in your early days you know so is there so, is there something that built into that and added to that that you had to break off in your life yeah absolutely as a matter of fact um have you ever heard of the performance acceptance syndrome <laughs> if i perform i'll be accepted and uh and that fit right into the church that i grew up in the council was upset with a pastor because, and I'm not beating anybody up, I'm just, just sharing the facts, but uh, the council was upset with a pastor because he read from the New Testament, Jesus' New Testament spin, or not shouldn't spin, but uh, the direct uh, truth on the Ten Commandments. But what ended up happening is they read the Ten Commandments every Sunday, and I did this. <sighs> and so for me, the Bible says it, when the Ten Commandments are read, there's a veil that comes over. So... Although, you know, the Bible says uh, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under law. Because if you're led by the Spirit, you won't want to follow the flesh and the world and the devil. So where I'm going with this is I think they, they meant well by behavior, treating people right, doing things correctly according to what God's Word says. But it was so heavy and so full of condemnation as opposed to conviction. The Holy Spirit convicts and, this, and Satan condemns. Yeah. So for me, I think it was, uh, they meant well by reading the Ten Commandments, yeah. but it just reinforced that I don't, I don't, I'm missing the mark, I don't uh, measure up, and I'm, I'm a sinner after all, and God's upset with me. I'm not, I'm not a good little boy. I'm a bad, oh man, oh, you wanna, let me share this with you. I don't think I have to cry because I'm a man, but I'm telling you, I was, in, I was on a retreat, <laughs> and uh, I had this visual, visualization, okay, uh, there's this faceless God. I, God. I didn't see God's face or anything. But this little boy came up and sat on this man's lap. And I knew it was God. And I, 
I expected him to put me across his knee and discipline me. And instead, he picked me up and put me on his knee and gave me a hug. Now, what is that? Wow. You're talking about breaking something in you. That's who God is. There is an aspect of our walk with the Lord where um, when we get saved, we receive the benefits of salvation, right? We, we know that. Um, but the devil wants to get us caught up in this mindset of you're not good enough. Your prayers aren't going to be answered. you got to straighten yourself out. And that could get a lot of us stuck in a spot really bad. Because if the devil can, if the devil can get us focused on our actions... He can get us to where we won't ever truly experience what the fullness of what God has for us. So when we come to a moment where you expect to be put over the knee with a spank, but then instead you're put on the knee with an embrace, that will radically, that will radically change you. So, so, so speak in now to what your prayer life looks like now as, as your Having that that those prayers with the Father, like talk us through what that what that is like in this moment where you're at now. Let me springboard off from an experience. I went to Calvin and was an RA, and my resident director was from California, and he came out of the Jesus movement, and he talked to God so normal and so relational as a friend, and yeah. and I just I just was so taken aback by that. I thought it was disrespectful. But he had a relationship with God that was a friend. We sing that song, I am a friend of God, he calls me friend. So for me, again, that was just part of the journey of seeing other people model Christ before me and the relationship that was possible. So my uh, prayer life now is it's more lighthearted. It's direct with respect. I can go direct to the Father, but I'm also showing that respect. The Bible says that we're, we're servants of God, and yet we're also sons of God. Well, which are we? What's the quarter? It's heads and it's tails. So having said that, um, I'm a son, and I'm an adopted son, and I have that relationship. I have the privileges and responsibilities, right? Just like an American, there's privileges and responsibilities that come with being an American citizen. There's also privileges and responsibilities with being a son, but then Paul calls himself a bondservant. The Bible says we were bought with a price that were not our own. So I, I do owe my allegiance, and I do owe my, my time, my house, my kids, my job, my money. <clears throat> I'm a steward. <laughs> I'm a steward of these things. So when it comes to that, again, it's perspective. And I think what you're saying, Tim, there's no more filter. I'm not filtering my, my whole connection with, okay, i got to warm up to God. I have to ask forgiveness for God. I have to do all these things before I get there, do the penance, do all the things. So for me, um, I share more things with God as if I would my wife. Uh, it, it's, he's a loving father. The Bible says he has compassion. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. That's, that's God's direct words. And, and unless we connect with God in that way, we're not able to hear from him. I'll tell you what. I'll say this on that note. When we talk to God about a situation that other people have spun negatively, God can speak the truth to you, and that truth sets you free from the bonds of condemnation, failure, and frustration. So having said that, it's important to have a quiet time. And sometimes you'll speak to us driving the car. Sometimes first thing in the morning, I'm sitting on a John, to be very blunt, because uh, I'm quiet and I'm still. <laughs> it's in the shower. 
It's, it's mowing the lawn. Anytime, anywhere, he's available. We don't have to just simply access him. There's no more priest. There's no more uh, Jesus is the one who intercedes for us. And we can go directly boldly before the throne of God crying, Abba, Father, which is Jewish for Daddy. And I still have trouble with that a little bit, <laughs> Daddy. But, but Father, I, I can truly say, because, again, there's that, there's that respect thing. There, there's the respect and honor that's due God. And at the same time, he doesn't have this, this barrier, this, you know, here, kiss my ring and, and do all this goofy stuff to show yourself uh, humble and honorable. Uh, but God says, you're my son. Yeah. And uh, Pastor John, uh, you know, uh, some of us have been in, under his leadership. And he said, Randy, whenever you get stuck in your relationship with God, think relationally as a father to a son. Yeah. And boy, does that clear up a lot of things. So, so it, there's joy. There, there's, there's directness. Um, and, and, I, and it's at any time. It's not just at mealtime or big time or at church time. It's 24-7 all the time. I think of uh, I think of when you were when you were saying that I had to look up the verse. That's why I grabbed my phone. If you noticed that, um, but it's Hebrews four sixteen. It says, "Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace." That's right. That's right. Yeah. Come on, mm-hmm. like we don't have to earn it. And then I thought, like while you're going, I'm like, there's a big difference between how I relate with my boss than how I relate with my dad. With my boss, I'm like, okay, I want to go in. If I'm going to ask something big, I'm going to make sure the time's right. I'm going to make sure in a good mood. I'm going to make sure the schedule's open. I'm going to walk in with like A, B, C, D. I'm going to go in and be like, hello, sir. May I have a few minutes of your time, right? Like we, get, we, can, we can understand that. But when I walk into the presence of my, my, my loving father, I walk in and just, dad, I need to have a conversation right now. And there's a big difference. Uh, yesterday, I was uh, encouraging my daughter. We're, we're uh, walking, walking through a situation with my daughter, and I said, girl, you got to pray for this. She's, she's turns 11 tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Forget I said that. No, I'm joking. She turns 11 tomorrow, and she's walking through this, and I'm like, you have to pray for it. And we happened to be eat, We had just gotten done eating. My wife and I and my daughter are sitting at the table, and the boys are playing in the house. So... And she's like, well, it just kind of came down to where it's like she just doesn't know how to. And I said, well, I'm trying to remember what we were eating. I think there was ketchup on the table. The boys ate something with that they wanted ketchup, I think. No, it wasn't that. It was lemon juice. That's what it was, lemon juice. So I put the lemon juice by my wife and my daughter sitting over there. And I'm like, if you want mom to give you the lemon juice that's on the table, how would you ask? And she's like, mom, would you please give me the lemon juice? And I said, What you want is on God's table. All you have to do is ask for it. So I said, what do you want to see in this situation? She laid out five things. And I said, now ask for them. I said, don't even close your eyes. Don't even close your eyes. Because you don't have to close your eyes to pray, just so you guys know. I said, don't even close your eyes. Just talk, just like you did to mom. And she just went through it all. Because how many of you guys know what you need and what I need and what Randy needs and what Pastor Dwayne needs is on God's table. It's sitting there. Randy, I'm just going to hand it over to you. What else do you have for us in respect to prayer? How about personality? You guys know the Peanuts characters. You know, there's Linus and... Charlie Brown and Lucy and all the, all those guys, uh, they all have personalities. And then you think about um, 
uh, Christopher Robin, Winnie the Pooh, right? There's Owl and there's Piglet, all these different personalities. And Jesus had all the different personalities in the disciple group. So I'll say this, that um, our personality and how we relate to God is a little bit different for each one of us. Where I'm going with this is you have brothers and sisters most, unless, unless you're a single child, but um, you still have cousins and, and everything. But uh, where I'm going with this is you will relate to God differently than your brother or your sister. And having said that, some people, again, out of their personality are very, very calm, very, you know, respectful, very, very, you know, intentional. And other people, you're just like, you're talking, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? You know, it's like a talking to God. It's like, wow, you know. So we relate to God differently. So some people have formulas for prayer. Some people have, you know, there's different, you know, on your fingers, there's different, you know, pray for the president, you know, pray for your, those around you, and you're the pinky kind of a thing. Uh, other people talk about acts, there's adoration, there's confession, thanksgiving, supplication, whatever it is. Billy Graham was asked one time, hey, uh, Pastor Billy, what's the best version of the Bible? And we're all waiting, right? What's the best version, Pastor Billy? The one that you're going to read. You know, for me, I, I, I personally struggle, maybe I shouldn't say this and be transparent, but I struggle a little bit with the, the King James because it's, it's yeah, it, 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 I, you know, I'm trying to understand this, this, this the word of God, let alone having stumbling over, you know, these words. And I'm like, huh, you know, and so, you know, even way back when I was praying with uh, my wife's family on a retreat and, and her parents were praying in these and thous. And I'm like, huh, wow, <laughs> you know, that's how I grew up. <laughs> but it doesn't mean that that's bad. It's their thing, and it's, it's their way of re, uh, re, relating to God out of respect. But, you know, the best prayer that's prayed is, is the one that's prayed. Because, frankly, if you don't pray, you don't have a prayer. <laughs> I know that sounds really deep, but it, it is. It doesn't sound deep, but it is. If you don't pray, you don't have a prayer. And that's what Tim was saying to his daughter. See, when we model these things, so we can influence people, all, you know, anytime, anywhere, anyhow. I was just at, at Panera Bread, and uh, my son got rewater baptized. He, he did as a child uh, this past Sunday. And then, so we're in the atrium there but where you order. And then I said, yep, here's a reward for, for good choices. You know, I gave him my credit card to, to buy something because we got there before uh, he did with his, with his, his brother. But then the, this guy says, oh, good choices. What's that about? And I said, well, he just got water baptized in, in confession of his relationship with Jesus Christ. He's like, oh. <laughs> so he keeps pouring his coffee. But I thought I could have hid that. I could have said, oh, yeah, it's a private family thing. But why not share? He just made a decision, again, for a public decision of Jesus Christ. And, you know, he buried the old man out of a watery grave and came up brand new. He made new. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So anyways, just, I think, being more bold. Because when I was full of, full of condemnation uh, and, and guilt, I was not willing to share with others because I'm not worthy. But when you see yourself as how God sees you, you're like, you know, it's not like John Wayne, well, what's the next thing going on here now? It's like, no, I'm not talking about the machismo thing. I'm talking about a real man, and Ed Cole says it so well, a real man uh, is synonymous with Christ. Christ-likeness and manhood is what? Synonymous. He was tough. And tender. And if I've ever made a mistake with my family or other people, I, I, I was tender when I should have been tough and tough when I should have been tender. There's a time to be tough. There's a time to be tender. And may God give us wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. Can I cue the picture uh, up here? This is one of those times you're like, what's that? Well, that's my carpet. 
<laughs> and, and that's a rock. Now, that rock, does that look like someone made it or does it look all natural? So what was happening is I was in Hocking Hills uh, uh, a year or two ago with some friends. I went up on the mountain, and I was, once again, battling the guilt and condemnation. And I said, God, the things I've done, did I do them well? God, the things that you asked me to do, I haven't done some of them. And I began to, well, cry, <laughs> weep. And I said, God, I'm sorry. I, I, you know, help me to move on from this. And you know what? And so then the word came to me, clean slate. And I'm like, is it just that easy? God, really? After all that dumb stuff? And that, so I did not shape that. I did not form that. That was on the side of the mountain in the stream, just sitting there all by itself. It was like highlighted to me. So I brought it home. So every time Satan reminds me of, you didn't do this and you didn't do that, I say, you know what? That's a clean slate, Satan. Forget, you know, so I, you know, yeah. So the Bible says, forgetting what is behind, straining on what's, what is ahead. Guys, no matter where you failed or floundered, God wants you to flourish and thrive. So what? So, so what does Paul say? Paul had all kinds of reasons to feel guilty and bad, but what did he do? He said, I do this one thing. <gasps> what is it, Paul? This one thing I do. I forget what is behind, and I strain towards what is ahead. Yeah. It's the future that you can change. You can't change the past. But you can change your choices and decisions now. Now is the day. Today is the day of salvation. Today is also the day of a new beginning. So, again, the world, the flesh, and the devil want to hold us back. But Father God's saying, come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. There's more. There's more in 2024. So that's the rock. It's a clean... It's a, yeah, yeah, it's a rock. But uh, so, so that, that's... That's the truth that then when you have those quiet times with God, many of you have had those retreats, you're leading other men into those retreats, and when God speaks to you, man, you just want, you just like your Superman cape. It's like, okay, let's go, God. Yeah. But when someone else says it, it's encouraging, but when God says it, boom, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's, it's just amazing. Just like that, that thing in my prayer time with over the knee versus on the knee, yeah. that just set me free. Come on. Come on. That's good. I'm just going to speak that over us. We, uh, we have a clean slate, guys. There's nothing the devil can bring up because it's all covered. As long as you said, Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again, and I confess you as my Lord and Savior, the Bible says it's gone. There's a clean slate. It's not about a works performance mentality. It's about the fact that what, God ha- ha- what you need is on God's table, and you can't earn it. You can't earn it. It's already there. This is what I'm going to do, Randy, in a second. Can you pray over us? Uh, I want everyone in here to just think of what their biggest thing is that they need. What's that thing that's on God's table that you're like, man, I would love that right now? Some of us, it might be financial provision. Some of it might be healing. It might be the salvation of a child or a grandchild. It might be a restored relationship. It might be uh, a work situation. It might be something, but I want everyone in here Take 30 seconds, and, 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 and let's, let's think about what that thing is. And then in 30 seconds, can you just pray over us real quick? Well, Father, we have the honor and privilege of calling you Father. <clears throat> Jesus, you're our older brother, and yet you're also our Savior and Lord. Holy Spirit, you are the Spirit of God, and yet you're also the paraclete, one who comes along our side. 
So, Father, I thank you that we, as we come to the table here this morning, Tuesday mornings, there's provision. There's, there's uh, nourishment. There's refreshment. And, Father, I thank you that your word tells us who you are. You're a good God. So I pray, Father, that that request is a, is a good request according to your will. If it's according to your will, according to the Bible, and you said, if you don't know what, the, what my will is, read the word, <laughs> and you'll know what my will is. So, Father, I thank you that uh, these things, Lord, uh, we're asking for, I pray that they um, become ours. I pray, Father, that uh, it's not about groveling and begging, but it's about asking and receiving. You said, what, what, what kind of a father gives a, uh, a bread, uh, a stone for bread? How much more does your heavenly father want to give you good things as in the Holy Spirit? So I thank you, Father, that these things we receive by faith and we thank you in advance even before we're there. It's just like that little boy being taken to a, a sporting event. And uh, the father says, I'm going to take you. And, and you can be thankful already, not until you sit in the seat, but while you're sitting in the seat on the way to the game, you can be thankful. So, Father, I thank you that you are the one who helps us understand you. I thank you, God, that you are. I pray for that fresh revelation, fresh revelation of who you are, a loving Father, not an angry God. So, Lord, I thank you that according to Philippians 4, 6, and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, that's asking, petition is asking, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you that these men have a fresh revelation of sonship. I thank you, Father, for... Um, uh, whatever, uh, Father, has been uh, between you and them is dissolved, is put away. And I thank you, Father, for a fresh start. It's, your mercies are new every morning, and your faithfulness we see at night. I thank you, Father, your word is truth, and we can trust it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Come on, give God some praise.